Storygram Network. Hosting for this podcast is generously provided by Transistor at Transistor.fm. If you would like It's Not About Food podcasts a week earlier and ad-free, please support me on patreon.com forward slash It's Not About Food. For more information about my books, my work, and my body love cards, you can go to my website at itsnotaboutfood.com. Hi, my name is Laura Lee, and this is It's Not About Food. So it's not about food, and it's not about weight. What is it about? Everything else. Because it's never ever about food, or weight, never ever, not even, one time, not ever, ever, ever. everyone. This is Laura Lee Rourke from It's Not About Food podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And we have a very special guest today who is one of my favorite teachers. When I bring the peer educators, the Beyond Hunger peer educators, these young, beautiful, fabulous, smart, funny teenage girls, usually. I would always love a teenage boy in there, but we don't get very many of them. But usually the female peer educators, and I always love coming to her classroom because they're kind and they listen and they (laughs) are set up to have guests in their class and a very supportive, loving teacher. I've watched her for a long time teaching these classes. So just very glad to have her on the show today. And we're going to just talk about how she is uh, working with the teenage soul. You know, how is she keeping them on the path of their life and just living a good life within themselves? And how does she do that? So I'll introduce Stephanie and she can take it from here. Hello, thank you for having me. That was a very nice introduction. <laughs> right back at you. It's all I enjoy, true. I enjoy having you come in and speak in our classes. And I think the students really appreciate you coming in and being a positive role model as well. Yeah, especially the peer-to-peer because you're a lot closer to their age than I am. But still, it really counts when somebody who's walked in those shoes for a little while maybe they're a year ahead or maybe not even who are talking about this really serious issue, but it's not just another adult talking to them. Yeah, it's nice when the peer educators are able to come in because they can see themselves in them, whether it's because of what they look like or what they say or, you know, how they say it or their experiences, they're able to, oh my gosh, like that's me too. Exactly. A little more even than they would to you or I. Oh, definitely. Yes. So how did you become the teacher that you are? And I mean, you're very, very supportive to your classes. Thank you. I love my job. I love interacting with this age. They have a lot going on and they're willing to open up and share. And it's fun to help them process and help them increase their own self-esteem and self-love and independence. And I think it's, it's just 
fun, but it's also really tough. But it's it's a good kind of tough. It's something that makes you feel happy. It's something that they get a lot out of. And so it's, you know, both sides are getting stuff out of it. I had a handful of good teachers growing up, especially in high school. And then I had a really good master teacher when I was in the credential program that modeled some of the stuff that that I'm doing today. And it just fit me. I saw myself in them and I was like, I could do that. That's me. We could do this. So it was modeled to me and it's just who I am. And I love it. Well, who you are is somebody who really teaches well, I feel, but also will wear a bright pink tutu. (laughs) I love my tutus. (laughs) I have one in every color. Right. And I just got all my little colors of my dingle boppers for my head as well. Yeah. So that's unusual. (laughs) I I don't like to take myself too seriously. I think it's okay to laugh and not have everything be super stressful and serious. And there's enough of that outside of the classroom. When you come in, you've been in my room. The lights are still on right now. And it's a spirit day. I'm all out because why not look silly and make somebody laugh or smile? Granted, I'm in charge of leadership and the spirit days and all that, but I find it fun to just be a little silly. And the thing about it is you're teaching stuff to kids who are tired, maybe not enough food. Maybe they've got a couple of jobs other than just going to school or they just have hormones running through them and whatever, you know, and you're trying to corral their little minds into Everybody get together and let's have this discussion about this thing that's not that easy to talk about. And I feel like doing it with the humor and the lightness that you do probably goes a lot deeper into them, to their spirits and to their hearts. Yeah, there's a lot of heavy topics in this unit. We just started the drug unit today and you're talking about real things that they're experiencing or their friends are or their family members are. And it's tough as a teacher to constantly remember that like the behaviors that you're seeing aren't necessarily just that. It's other stuff. And I still, it's tough sometimes. Kids are really rambunctious today because we're just coming back from break and we are talking about something serious and you get a little annoyed or upset when they're not listening, but it's like, maybe this is not happening today. You know, I had to deal with this all break. Well, that's a good point. And also, I think the same thing with our topic, which is eating disorders and body hatred, that sometimes, you know, I think, well, that person is completely asleep. And then at the end, are there any questions? That's the person that will ask this, like, really, like, on the nose kind of question. It's like, oh, right. So my idea that you weren't here was my idea. It wasn't what was true. <laughs> yeah. Not always the ones that are making eye contact and doing the head nods that are actually listening. <laughs> and I love that even right now you have a frog right behind your head. <laughs> That's a paper mache frog that one of my one of the first students I ever had. She was a freshman. She graduated in 2012. She made that and I just thought it was so cute. It has eyeballs on the other side. You can't see it. But yeah, I just like having all the fun stuff around my room a little too much sometimes. No, it's good. And so how do you take these, I mean, with all of the stuff that they're bringing to class and allow them or teach them or give them the opportunity to lay that stuff down for the hour that they're with you, not even an hour, 55 minutes or whatever, and 
be open to what you're going to say and what you're going to teach? How do you walk that fine line? I do a lot of work in the beginning of the school year to get them to realize that I'm not here for just teaching you content. Freshman year is a scary thing, and I just want to be a welcoming room. I want to be a welcoming human that if you want to sit in here before school, and I don't even know who you are, but you just want a warm room, great. If you want to come in and ask me questions, or you need a pad or a tampon, or you need a snack, there's so many little ways that teachers can connect with students. And I start a lot with that. And just being honest, I make mistakes all the time and I call myself out on them and I laugh at myself <laughs> and I just try to show them that like I say it all the time. I'm a human being, not a robot. <laughs> yeah. And just letting them know that it's okay. You don't have to know all the things. I don't expect you to do all the things. I mean, you know, deadlines are important, but at the same time, like life happens and it's okay to give yourself a little grace every so often. So I think just setting that up and then you know, these are the things that we're going to talk about and it's tough. And like I said today, everybody in this room has been raised differently and has their own values and opinions. And you're allowed to have those values and opinions. It's all how you share them. We did a sharing exercise today, which is, you know, a really vulnerable thing for some people. Because what if I say something and somebody judges me or whatever? This is the second time that we've done this activity. And I do a lot of work beforehand of this should be a space where you feel comfortable sharing. And if someone does feel comfortable, they feel comfortable in this room. That doesn't mean that you get to go tell all of your friends outside of this room. Just simple things that I don't think everyone thinks about. They're in high school. They hear something and they got to share it. And so reminding them that they felt comfortable with you in here. If you would like to have a weekly newsletter that has some information about recovery or what people are doing in the world, or what I'm doing in the world, and just information about how to recover and what to do, and how do we have faith and trust and love and openness to our own selves. You can go to my website at itsnotaboutfood.com. Storygram Network. Welcome to One Media, One Media. I'm... When you're whining with it's a place I like to call The Bleed. My name is Laura Lee, and this is It's Not About Food. Storygram Network. I joined Beyond Hunger about three years ago after my own eating disorder recovery. I've been with the Peer Ed program for over a year. I have been a peer educator for a few weeks now. Beyond Hunger is an amazing organization in which high schoolers like me get to go to schools across the Bay Area and educate teens and students on mental health, body image, intuitive eating. And I joined because it really helps people. I joined the program because I believe that the information we provide people my age is very important. Beyond Hunger has allowed me to connect with the youth in my community and reaffirm to myself what I know is true. It has given me an opportunity to educate others and inform others around my age. Um, and I just think it's a really wonderful program. Because I want to teach other teens what I never learned. Appreciating your body through its ups and downs, navigating di diet culture, and learning about intuitive emotions and hunger. And I felt that it was super important to continue to make change in the community. My name is Laura Lee Rourke, and I am one of the founders of Beyond Hunger. My business partner, Carol Normandy, and I founded it 
1988. But for the last 25 years, we've been going into schools and talking about the issue of eating disorders and body hatred. We um, train young women to go in with us, peer to peer, student to student, and it is a wonderful program. Please give generously. Thank you. You're teaching them boundaries, how to have them and how to be respectful of people's boundaries. I don't think I learned anything like that when I was in high school. So when you have to talk about these really difficult issues, and I know that your school, like so many, many schools have had suicide and drug addiction and all kinds of everything that a teenager can get into, it has happened to them or their parents or whatever. And how do you hold that for them? I don't know that I realized that side of the job. When you think about being a teacher, because I taught English and math to my stuffed animals, that was when I first kind of realized. (laughs) (laughs) Now, today we're going to (laughs) learn. I wrote the sentence incorrectly, and then they had to help me fix it. That's so adorable. You're just thinking content and working with kids, and that's fun. They didn't really talk about staff meetings and the emotional drainage of just working with kids all day long. It's fun, but there are days where I'm just, I'm done. I'm spent. It's exhausting. And you bring it home with you. This is year 16. We've had five suicides and more than that in attempts. And like you said, drug issues and all the things. And I didn't realize it. It shocked me a lot and it was really tough to deal with. It's also something that I talk about in my classes and I cry in front of my classes whenever I talk about that stuff, just to not acting like to show them, but to show them that it's okay. It's okay to not be okay. And let's talk about it and let's figure out what resources we have and what are some things that we notice or... I mean, we have more services now than when I first started. When I first started, we had three, I would call them academic counselors, but they're there for support as well. But three counselors for 1,400 kids is not enough. I think one was bilingual. And for our population, that's not enough. Right now we have five counselors. And then we have a psychologist who's ridiculously amazing. And then we have an East Annex, which I guess other schools would call a wellness center, but we don't quite have all the things in it for you to check that box and say it's a wellness center. (laughs) So we have different types of counselors. Currently, there's ones from the North Marin Community Services clinics, and they come in. We actually have therapy on campus that kids can go to and that kids are utilizing. And we work with them off campus and kids can leave and go to a counseling appointment, which is awesome. So great. I'm a firm believer that like everyone should have a therapist or someone to talk to, someone that you can trust and get the stuff out of your mind, whether it's verbally, writing it, drawing it, whatever your thing is to help you process and get through this. Because if we just hold it in, it's not going to do us any good. Yeah. We were maybe 10 years into Beyond Hunger when Carol and I decided that what we wanted to do was start the peer education program. You know, we had to think about it and then build it and then see what happened, I thought, I'll just teach them how to talk about this in front of a classroom. 
and that'll be that. Well, no, if you're going to open up this can of worms, <laughs> or if you're going to open up to eating disorders, addiction, body hatred, your family, you know, whatever is going to open up when we start talking about really true stuff, there's got to be some support for these teenagers that are standing in front of the class. Even if they're like talking about this, like they know everything about it, they have a lot of feelings about it. And so part of the program is just helping the helpers to get through what they just did at school last week. I didn't realize that was going to happen or I probably wouldn't have done No, I would have done it, but I would have gone into it with my eyes wide open a lot more than I did. And now I can't imagine doing it without that. So I know that you're in charge of like spirit for the school. (laughs) Yep. The leadership advisor would be my, I like to call myself activities director because it just sounds really fancy, but I'm the leadership teacher. And so you're teaching kids to be leaders? I jokingly said I would like to call it Event Planning 101, but they can't change the name of it because colleges won't recognize that. I see. But it essentially is a representation of the entire school. So you have all four grade levels in it, and they are working together to essentially bring a lot more positivity on campus, whether that's a spirit day, whether it's, you know, cooking food at lunch or a dance or some other activity, they just come up with ideas. And they're also fundraising. Our biggest fundraisers, you know, senior year is for the prom. It's like a $50,000, $60,000 event. And so they're putting on all these fun things and coming up with fun ways to engage and include students on campus. And it's really tough. They put a lot of time and effort into this stuff. And people are very quick to shut it down and say, that was boring, or I don't like that, or... Why did you do it this way? Yeah. Right. They're very quick with the negative feedback. And I try my best to praise them and acknowledge all the wins that we had because they don't hear it as much from their peers. Well, because it's so uncool to be all happy about something. (laughs) Well, and it's super easy to critique something and say that you don't like it. It's another thing to come up with that constructive criticism of, okay, that was boring. But here's an idea of how you could do this and this. But I'm really proud of them. They work really, really hard. And, you know, if I didn't have them, I'd be doing it by myself, which I probably wouldn't do. (laughs) Right. Sort of hard to do it by yourself. Yeah. I always see a lot of, you know, on your off hours, you've got a classroom of a bunch of people in there and you're still doing stuff. Your dedication is a beautiful thing to see. Yeah, I have a tough time saying no, and I don't mind if they're in my room. I know that there's some teachers that it's like, get out, it's adult time. And I get that, like you're around kids all day. There's times where I leave and I go over and I walk over to my friend's room and have some adult time. But in general, I don't mind if they're in here. I turn on Disney Plus and they pick a movie and they can watch something at lunch or before school or whatever. That's very sweet. You're keeping them engaged. I mean, that's what's great about it. I remember being so isolated in high school and so felt like it was me and the world was behind a curtain. So it's very important that you do what you do and bring people in. I do want to ask you, if somebody was thinking about being a teacher or somebody was wanting to work with teens a little bit, 
what kind of advice would you give them or what kind of way would you think that would be a good idea? <laughs> what would they I need to do? Couple, I had a couple of students, actually both from that, they graduated in 2018. They both texted me separately a couple of months apart and said, I'm going to be a teacher. And my first reaction was, oh no, why would you do that? Because <laughs> <I know. laughs> it's a struggle right now. I mean, it's, it's always had its struggles, but just, I feel so old saying that like this generation, you know, that kind of thing. It just sounds like something that some know, other generation grand- said to you. Right. And I don't want to do that. But right now there's a huge disconnect in like what school is and what your responsibilities as a student are. And, you know, I'm here. Isn't that good enough? Do I have to turn this in? And really great students they come in on time they do their work they have manners like there are great students and so I am not in any way saying that they're not great these kids today right (laughs) yeah I think there's just a handful whether it's in every class or whether you kind of take that handful and look at it as a percentage amongst the whole school that it's just this is not where they want to be they're unhappy, they're going through things, or they've been traumatized, or they don't see a point to this. And instead of just playing the game and coming to class, doing whatever, it's they don't go to class, or they tell someone to F off. It's just behavior that I feel like I haven't seen in the past. And I don't know what that's a reflection of, because you could say it's parents, you could say it's the kid themselves. You could say it's us that we're not setting the tone in the classroom, whatever it is. It just teaching right now is really exhausting. So for those two girls that reached out to me, I was like, are you sure? And one works in the corporate world and she's it's better than this. And she's great with kids. She's babysit my kids and she's going to do a great job because that's who she is. And I think to anyone that wants to get into this job, I don't think any amount of college or credential school is going to make you who you are. I think you are who you are and you bring that into the room and it works or it doesn't. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think about we're in California and so I think we're not having to worry about whether we can say gay (laughs) in the classroom or whatever, or we can say pride. I mean, there's certain things that we get away with in California that I know other states do not allow. I don't know how teachers get through that or librarians get through that. I don't know how they hold that, how they get through that. I don't know. I think that you're right. I think there is a lot on the whole world's plate right now. There's a lot to worry about. And we just went through that pandemic where All of our lives were turned upside down. So I think it's going to take a while for us to be okay. I think there's absolutely leftover from pandemic and just everyone's mental health took a huge dive. That first year when we came back, it was like this running joke that they don't know how to be students anymore. (laughs) They're so used to (laughs) sitting on their bed with their computer, have to have the camera on. I remember when they first came back, as soon as they sat in, it was like Chromebook was open, phone was out. And I'm like, I'm right here. Hey. I'm here, <laughs> human being right in front of you. <laughs> and it's not quite that anymore. There's still a couple kids that, you know, will do that. 
it's just more of like a they forget they're here and they forget that okay once the bell rings and i say hello and i start talking that it's it's my turn over here you this just is a class right or i've heard i had to put pants on and shoes <laughs> like with hard soles on i had to actually get out of my pajamas it's a struggle. Yeah. Some of them still wear their pajamas. That's great. They do. If that's what it takes. They come in your pajamas. Yeah, we don't care. It has been so great to talk to you. I'm wondering, was there any kind of little thing that you want to say before we sign off? Like any kind of helpful hint to those who are out there struggling either with they don't have a teacher like you or they would like to be a teacher like you? I like to end my semesters with my students telling them a couple different things. One is don't forget how powerful random acts of kindness can be, whether it's a comment or whether it's an actual physical thing, just something right out of nowhere can really make somebody's day. You never know how somebody's feeling. I steal your phrase and I say, eat when you're hungry, stop when you're full. Make sure to throw in a few carrots every so often in between those double stuffed Oreos. (laughs) You know, balance. Balance Balance. is great. I think one of the biggest things that I say to them is it's okay to not be okay. We're all not okay at some point, but if it's not going away, that's when you want to reach your hand out and grab somebody's hand for help. And if that person doesn't grab hold of you, then you reach out to somebody else. You know, them not reaching back is nothing personal against you. They didn't pick up on the hint or whatever it was. And you can do this. You're the only one that's going to stop you. Nobody else can stop you. That's so beautiful. Thank you very much for being on the show today. I really appreciate it very, very much. Thank you for challenging me and making me do something I'm not used to. (laughs) I know. Now I'm the teacher. No. Yeah. So I'll see you next semester. Yes. I will reach out once I get my plans in order. Thank you. you. Bye. Thank you for listening. And be sure and follow me on Patreon, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and it's not about food.com. Thanks.